Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenist. But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea. And they sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord. And in comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. For a few moments, and I do mean a few moments, we want to talk just for a few moments on the subject, the DNA of the church. The DNA of the church. Now, I need y'all to to walk with me for a second in this text because um, uh, I challenge challenge myself to, to continuously be led by the Holy Spirit and, and learn better and do better. And, and so I, I just need you to walk with me and hear what, what Holy Spirit is, is saying to us today through this text. Uh, I don't have any pre-written notes. All I have is the scripture and Holy Spirit. Is that enough? Amen. I believe so. The word church in the Greek is ekklesia. Ekklesia. And it simply means the assembly are the called out ones, the assembly, the called out ones. And the very etymology of church denotes the reality that every one of us who are in the church now have had to previously come out of something else. Are we together? And what I need to deal with before we even touch any of this text is I need you to understand that every one of us have come out of something, and for many of us, we have not come out of the same thing. Because many times we want to have the preconceived notion that everybody should be like us, think like us, see like us, or have the same experiences that we have had. That is not so, dear brother, dear sister. Every one of us have had to come from something. And if we be honest, and and if we had a moment to testify, we could all testify to the reality that some of us had to come out of something, and we had to come out of it viciously. I wish I had some some, some believers in it. Some of us came out fighting. Some of us came out screaming. Some of us came out charred. Some of us came out addicted. Some of us came out abused. Some of us came out raped. Some of us came out molested. Some of us came out with with, with gang affiliation. Some of us came out with, with, with relationships to the past. Some of us came out with stuff that did not disappear just because we came into the church. We, we got we to deal with this for a minute because you got to understand that we are, we are in, I, I, my family and I, we were listening, we were listening to, to Cornell West yesterday. He was, he was here just this past weekend at Cal State Dominguez Hills. And, and he, he said, he said, listen, I need y'all to understand right now, I, I, I'm from Oakland and, and I'm just, I'm just a reformed gangster. 
And some of us in here, if we be honest, there's some things from what we've come out of that's still in us. Y'all ain't going to talk. Okay. Uh, amen. There, 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 are, there, are some, there are some thoughts and paradigms that we still have. The ecclesia is the called out, those, those who have come out of something that they were previously in. And I need us all to come to the realization that all of us have been in something. Now, don't you hate on me because what I was in is not what you were in. And, and you can't discredit me because of what, what, what I was in was not what you were in. But the fact of the matter is we all got to stop and give God praise that he's seen all of us in whatever that we were in. And he called our name. And I wish I had a few people that said when he called my name I came right my God is there anybody in here that's thankful to God that you are not in what you used to be in is there anybody thankful to God that he opened up a door for a church for you to come out of your mess to come out of your sin to come out of your shame to come out of your past to come out of your abuse to come out of your We, we all, if, if we can't dap each other up for no other reason, we ought to dap up each other because we here. You don't know where I've been and you don't know how long the journey was to get to this seat right now. If you really knew, you'd probably give me a parade right now. If you really knew everything that it took for me to be in this room, you would high five me and cash at me. If you really knew what it took for me to be where I am, you would want to get my autograph because you don't know. Y'all, listen, I, I got to move, Dwayne. I got to move, Brother Dwayne. But some of us, we don't know how big of a testimony we sit next to. You don't even know. You don't know how many devils had to be slain, how many demons had to be rebuked in order for them to sit where they sitting right now. I am the sum product of the power of God. Hell showed up to my door this morning trying to stop me from getting into the house of the Lord. You ought to thank God that I went through hell and high water to get to where I am. Y'all forgive me. The call now. All of us then got the call. All of us had to, all of us had to answer the call. All of us, all of us had to, and here's the, here's the reality, just in case somebody needed to remember this or somebody needed to be aware of this, all of us wasn't doing bad on the other side. Come on here. Some of us had a little change in our pocket on the other side. So, hey, now, 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 if you knew what I did, I'd probably be arrested, praise the Lord. But, 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 I, but I was balling though, so I, I was... I was good with mine on the other side and, and I had to answer the call just like just like you but nevertheless I'm here and if you ain't got no other reason to thank God for me you ought to thank God that I'm here I don't know what you've been through I don't know what your week looked like I don't know what challenges you had I don't know what enemies you had to fight but what I can do is stand up and applaud you because out of everything you went through you got here can you give your neighbor a standing ovation real quick I applaud you brother I applaud you sister I applaud you neighbor 
We up in here. Listen, you better throw a party every time you see me, because cause the devil tried it. But I'm so glad. <laughs> This will get you messed up. So when we approach our text to focus, Paul leaves Damascus. And just so we're clear, Paul is not a demagogue. Paul is just a man. And for us, Paul is a representation, he is a figure holder, he is a consigliere of sorts as it relates to who we are. Because notice this, we know the past of, of Paul and how he was Saul and how he used to persecute Christians, how he was employed by the Roman government, and he gets to Jerusalem. Because God has been doing some amazing things in his life in Damascus. He's in Damascus and, and, and he, is, he is arrested by God on the road to Damascus. He is thrown from his beast. He is blinded for three days. He has an immaculate conversion. And the Lord awakens and a disciple, a pastor of that region named Ananias. And he tells Ananias, go to Paul and I want you to disciple him. I want you to minister to him. I want you to, I want you to be there for him and develop him because I got a calling on his life. And when he goes to, to get to Paul, he begins to minister to Paul. Now, let me talk to the Ananias in the room for a minute. God, is, you're not going to like every assignment God gives you. We're talking about the DNA of the church here. You got, because everybody not Paul. Amen. I just need to help somebody right now. We're not all Paul. Some of us are Ananias. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us, we're we doing good and God calls you to something bad. Ananias is in Damascus passing his little church. He's discipling people. He's ministering the gospel. Probably got a few armor bears, you know. <laughs> probably got a real nice donkey that he ride on every week. You know, probably got a real nice hut, you know. And he's living his life in Damascus. And all of a sudden, he says, I got an assignment for you, Pastor Ananias. I need you to go holler at Saul. You mean the dude that killed people? You mean the one that came here to kill me? Yeah, yeah, I need you to go minister to him. He blind. Well, let him stay that way. No, no, no. <laughs> can, can, I, can, I say, can I say this? For, I, I just got to leave this here. Please, please don't shout and celebrate over somebody's process. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that because what you're experiencing right now just may be a part of the story and you clapping like it's the end. Yes, sir. Right. So he tells Ananias, I need you to go minister to the one who was getting ready to kill you. Church, what do we do when God calls you to minister to somebody that can't stand you? We do it. What do you do? When God calls you to do something you don't want to do, we do it. Because it's not about you. It's the ecclesia. It is the gathering, the assembly of the called out. See, you could have stayed in the out if you wanted to do you. But the fact that you came in, now you got to do him. 
So Ananias has to minister to Paul, and the Bible says that he, did, he does it so effectively, he begins to minister to Paul. You can read this earlier in Acts. He begins to minister to Paul, and Paul becomes a preacher. Not only does he become a disciple, but Paul becomes a preacher. And now in that little town of Damascus, everybody knows that Paul has been converted. Everybody knows that Paul has been changed. Everybody knows that Paul has, has, has a new lease on life, even changed his name. He's not Saul anymore. He's Paul. New identity. Watch this. Amazing, amazing. And Ananias says, now, son, you're doing good. And, and there's more that God told me. When, when the Holy Spirit told me when I went to pray for you in that room when you were blind, the Holy Spirit told me, he revealed to me that you were going to do some great things. The Holy Spirit told me you were going further than I would go. I know the Holy Spirit got some great things for you. But, son, if you really want to do good in the church, you got to go to Jerusalem. And let me pause parenthetically and let you know this. There is rank and order in the church of God. Hear me today. There are no rogues in the church of Jesus Christ. There is apostolic order in the church of Jesus Christ. And so God bless you and your ministry. But if you and your ministry can't get in order, you and your ministry will have no authority. Order precedes authority. Don't miss what I just said right here. All of y'all who want authority, all of y'all who want to be able to chase demons and you want to be able to speak the word and the word happened, let me tell you something. You don't get authority until you're under authority. It don't work. Like that. Oh, y'all, I'm going to just go do my thing. Go ahead. Go do it with no authority. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the best you're going to get is an applause. Yeah. You can get some followers. But you ain't going to have no authority. They're going to talk to you just like the sons of Skeva. Oh, Jesus, we know. Paul, we acknowledge. But who are you? So Ananias says, listen, son, I know. I, I, I see the apostolic gift on your life. I see the calling in your life. Now watch this. He doesn't say, now go be an apostle. He says, go present yourself to the apostles. So Paul, very much an apostle, but because Ananias, his disciple knew, his disciple or rather his pastor knew that he had to be a part of authority, knew he had to go under authority, he sent him to Jerusalem. He didn't say go to Asia first, he said go to Jerusalem. Why? Because Jerusalem was where the apostles were gathered. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they were all there, Barnabas, they were all there. And so he goes and presents himself, he goes to the ecclesia. And when he gets to Jerusalem, you see it in your text there, all the brethren, and when he came to Jerusalem, listen, he attempted to join the disciples. It's like you came in the door today. Paul came in. He attempted to, he attempted to, he, he may even want to go to room four, you know? He attempted to came in, hey, y'all, hey, hey, it's me, Paul. Wait, wait, Hold up. He came to the church. Remember, we're talking about the day of the church. He came to the church full of the Holy Ghost, a disciple. He's not who he used to be. But when he came to the church, they were apprehensive. I'm teaching now. Because they didn't see his transformation. Don't, don't miss this. This is, this, is, this is before the advent of social media. So they can't follow his feed and know that he's been doing something different. They can't follow his Insta story. They're not on his snap. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know what's been happening in the spirit. And this is why you can't take offense to everybody that don't receive you right away. 
because they don't know where you've been. They don't know your story. They don't know everything that you've been through. And here it is. This, so, so we can't be offended when we come in and everybody just don't grab us. But also, this, we got to be very careful that we don't strong arm everybody that come in just because we don't see their resume. What would have happened to the church of Jesus Christ if they rejected Paul from Jerusalem church? Every letter that's written after Acts is written by Paul with the exception of three. Five. And six. You got first and second Peter. First, second, third, John, and Revelation. That's five, six. Outside of those letters, Paul wrote every other letter of the New Testament. But what would happen if when he got to Jerusalem, they were like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you used to kill Christians. You used to do this. You used to do that. Forget you. Uh-uh. You better go back to Damascus. The church would have been stifled. And so this is why I, 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 I got I to give you both the good and the bad of the DNA of the church. You know, there's some stuff in your DNA that you don't like, but it's in you. The DNA of the church, watch this, because of the opposition and the struggle that the church has come up under, because of the opposition that the church was born into, the church is by nature, don't miss this, by nature, the, the church is suspicious. Remember, the church is the bride of Jesus. We're not Jesus. The church is not perfect. So there is a level of suspicion in the church that we have to deal with. And if you don't believe me, ask yourself. If somebody comes up to you and say, you know, oh, the Lord, the Lord has, has spoke to me about you, you'd be like, unless it's T.D. Jakes. Right? There's a level of suspicion to the church that we have to deal with. And here's the thing. We have to understand that, watch this, God doesn't just use celebrities. God uses everybody. And so you cannot allow your, your, your high level of suspicion in the church. We as a church cannot allow our suspicion to hinder the gifting and the calling of those that God is sending in. So we cannot, we cannot allow that suspicion to thrive. We cannot allow that suspicion to thrive because ultimately it goes into the world. And so we can't be mad at the world being suspicious of the church if the church is suspicious of the church. We challenge everything. Mm, for real. It'll take all of that. Seriously, get up off the floor. What are you doing? Come on. Man. Did you hear? Oh, my God. We was just in the club. Now she posted scripture. What is all of this? High levels of suspicion. Let me tell you something. Every day I live, he working on me. And I, I, I pray in Jesus' name that every day I get better. But if I did three lines of coke, smoked five blunts, and had two prostitutes yesterday. And if this morning, when I opened up my eyes, 
from my coke-induced coma. And the sun hit me. Not the S-U-N, but the S. And every taste of sin that I had grown accustomed to became foreign to me. And I opened up my eyes and I seen for a new time. As I've never seen before, I have to assume that God is real. And we got to do the same thing that Paul received from Ananias. Ananias had no proof that Paul was changed. All he had was a word from the Lord. He didn't see any change in his lifestyle. All he had was a word from the Lord. And so if you want to know who you should be suspicious around or who you should trust, ask the Lord. Holy Spirit has never lied to me. And while there may be really reason why I shouldn't give myself to certain places, to certain things, to certain people, ultimately I have to ask, Holy Spirit, is this your word? Is this your assignment for my life? We all have reason we can be suspicious, but we have to ask ourselves, Lord, is this you? Now watch what happens here. We move on in the text and it says, they did not believe that he was a disciple. Don't you be mad because everybody don't believe that you changed. Don't miss this. There are going to be people that, that, that are so well versed in your past that they can't even conceive a context of you being changed. But that's all right. Because here's the beautiful thing about the church. Because if, if God be God, he's going to awaken somebody named Ananias or somebody named Barnabas. Now, here's the thing. When we always preach Paul and Barnabas, we, we always, because what we know of Paul, we always look at Paul as the big homie. But in actuality, Barnabas was the big homie. Because what, what happens, we got to study the text, what happens is the, the, uh, uh, Ananias, he, he, he reaches out to Barnabas and he says, listen, Barnabas, I have discipled him. He'd been in my church every day. He'd been walking with me. I've been teaching him the gospel. I've been helping him. I've been trans helping him transform through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that he got the Holy Spirit because I was right there at the altar when he began to speak in tongues. I know I know the Lord has changed his life because I've been walking with him and I've seen the difference and I heard what came out of his mouth and I see what's exuding from his life. So Barnabas, when you get to Jerusalem, I know the apostles, they're not going to believe it, but tell them that I said he good. And this is why you have to put a high premium on discipleship. I'm out of this text. This is why you can't, it can't just be me and Jesus and we good. Because Jesus is not going to come walk into heavenly vision and be like, hey, they good. This is why he allowed his Holy Spirit to be in us. So that we can testify of his working in each other's lives. This is why, here it is, ain't nobody trying to be your mama, your daddy. But if you really want to get into your destiny, you're going to need somebody to vouch for you. You can't even buy a car without a reference. You think you're going to walk into your destiny without any spiritual references? You can't get an apartment. They won't even give you a ring at Daniel's. Without somebody else's contact information being on that application. 
We talking about walking in your destiny, into your ministry. Who's validating you? Who's your Ananias? Who's your Barnabas? And if you don't have one, you need to go sit down somewhere and find one. And can I talk honest? I can't be it for everybody. Oh, I love, oh, my bishop, my bishop, my bishop, my bishop. Oh, he my bishop. Oh, that's my bishop. Oh, I have birthday bishop. Thank you. But I don't have unlimited capacity. And while, while as, a, as, a, as a spiritual leader, as a spiritual leader of a community, yes, I can lead this whole community, but I can't disciple every one of y'all individually. I said that there's going to come a time where you're going to need to open up your life to somebody. There's going to come a time where you're going to need to, I'm about to cuss. There's going to, there's going to come a time where you're going to need to submit <laughs> and give somebody the credulity in your life. Give somebody the availability in your life. Give somebody the authority in your life to tell you no. You're going to need somebody in your life to tell you, hey, you tripping. You're going to need somebody to be able to tell you in your life right now, go back home. Can I, can I go all the way in? You're you going to need to share your location with somebody eventually, indefinitely. Where are my iPhone users at? Come on. You're, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, you know, giving somebody your social security number. Like share your, share your, share your location indefinitely. Ooh. They got to know where I'm at all the time. No, for real. There are people that are not in this state that have my location right now. Why? Because it matters. Because when I'm ready to go to my next level, I can't go there like, I'm James, welcome me. I'm going to need somebody else on, on top of me that's like, I've walked with him. I've seen him. I've seen his life. I see his ministry. He loves his wife. He loves his children. He actually goes home. He only has one address. He doesn't have a secret account. He doesn't have money hidden in... And so you're going to have to submit. You're going to have to submit. Here it is. If you don't submit, you won't succeed. And I mean that in no uncertain terms. And you can look at that spiritually or professionally. Go be a rogue at your job. And not submit to your supervisor. So Paul, watch this. Paul doesn't blow up at the mouth like, what y'all tripping out in Jerusalem? Y'all know who I am? I'm Paul. I'm about to write 18 letters. I'm about to build a church. This is Paul. He's been converted. Receive him. He's a good man. God has done something in his life. He got a past just like all the rest of us. But God is doing something in his life. And Jerusalem, we got to receive him. All right. All right. Now, now let, let, let's, let's read on. Watch this. So the Bible says that he went on in and out among them in Jerusalem. Now, watch this. Before he goes on his missionary journeys, he operates in his gift, listen to me, in Jerusalem. The Bible says he goes in and out where? 
in Jerusalem. The DNA of the church. You can't go into the world until you perfect it in your world. Here it is. I'm not sure how effective you'll be at changing the world if you can't change your own world. How can we change the world if we can't change our house? <laughs> Dr. Iona Locke says, woman of God, how can you expect to change the world if you can't change your cheats? Your sheets on your bed. The reality is, is that there is a certain level of preparation that needs to take place in-house. I know everybody, you got ministry outside of here and you got to do great things and you want to reach the world and the masses and all of that great stuff. But there needs to be a time of preparation and training and development. And you need to be okay with being developed. And here's what development does. Development says no. Yes. Maybe. Not now. Maybe later. Rewrite it. Bring it back. Do it again. A little louder. A little softer. You're talking too much. You're not talking enough. Come here. Stay there. And here it is. You'll be hard-pressed to ever direct anything if you can't be directed. If you want to direct, you got to be directed. It got to be. It has to happen, family. It has to happen. And so now what happens? Watch this. He preached the Lord boldly. Watch this. And he spoke and disputed even against the Hellenists. So now watch this. He speaks up a fight on his hands because he's ready to go. He's preaching the gospel now. And now the Hellenists are like, yeah, we're about to kill him. This nigga that came here to Jerusalem, and now he's trying to tell us what to do. He's trying to teach us the gospel. All right, I got you. Don't, don't, don't miss it, because now I'm about to go into spiritual warfare just for a second. When you come out of your mess and you begin to make hell for the kingdom of darkness, he's coming after you to kill you. Come on, remember what I was talking about? When, you know, we, we did the lines of coke and we smoked the blunts and we had the prostitutes, remember that? And we was good out there because the enemy was happy that we were, we were away from our calling. But the moment we put, this, we put the coke down, the moment we put the blunts down, the moment we left the prostitutes and went back home to our wife, the moment we, start, we closed our legs and started living right, started walking according to, the moment we stopped cussing every other word out of our mouth and start speaking grace to other people, now the enemy is ready to run your car off the road. But watch what happens. Because I need you to understand that, 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 that there are things that need to happen in, the, in this life that will protect your life. Yes. Notice this. Notice this. 30. And when the brethren learned this, when they learned that there was an attack on his life, there was, a, there was an attempt on his life, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to, Tar, to, to Tarsus. Listen to me. Don't miss this. This is powerful. Some of you think you're where you are because you've been demoted and people don't want to celebrate your gift. Now, I'm not just talking about in heavenly vision. I'm talking about in your life. 
Some of you feel like you should be far above. Some of you feel like there are stages you should be on right now. Some of y'all feel like you should be somewhere. But what you think is a demotion is actually protection. In Paul's spirit, Paul was ready to go to Asia tonight. Come on, let's, let's build the church. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. But there was an attack on his life. Watch this. And he didn't have enough people under him to protect him because he wasn't an apostle yet. So he didn't have a, he didn't have a security team. He didn't have adjectives. But he had brothers. And when they heard that they wanted to kill him, they say, hey, Paul, come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. I know you're preaching. Cancel the revival. Come on. Come on. Come on, you, know, you, you got you to turn down that ministry engagement. Come on, let's go. We're going to take you to Caesarea. There's some people down there. They got a little safe house for you. And when you get there, then we're going to have a little brother and meet you. And they're going to take you down to Tarsus. There was a system, listen to me, of protection so that his ministry could flourish at the right time. Some seasons is not for platforming. Some seasons are for protection. Don't miss what I'm saying here. Yeah, everybody going to get to the platform eventually. And the crazy thing is, the ultimate platform that Paul got on, he was executed the next day. But there are some seasons that's not for you to be platformed, but there are some seasons for you to be tucked away and protected. I know you're gifted. I know you're anointed. But if I let you go right now, they'll kill you. And so I need, you to, I need you to follow these instructions, go on down to Caesarea. I, I, know, it's, I know you don't want to be there. I know, I know you, wanna, uh, you want, you want 10,000 followers. Go to Caesarea. Go to Tarsus. Because there is, there, there is protection and development there. Now, don't miss this because I, I, I got to get out of here now. They send him to Caesarea and then ultimately send him back to Tarsus. Listen to this. Tarsus was his hometown. Now, he could not go to the masses until he dealt with his family issues. The DNA of the church. Listen to me. There have been, there have been doors that would not open to me until I sat down and got stuff right with my own mama. Y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all ain't talking to me. There are doors that God has opened in my life this year because I decided to have a conversation with my daddy, my brothers, and my sisters. Let me tell you something. God don't care nothing about what you can do out there if you still got raggedy relationships in your old mama's house. There are some things you got to go back to Tarsus. You got to go back to Compton. You got to go back to Kentucky. You got to go back to Detroit. You got to go back to Chicago. You got to go back to Louisiana. You got to... Mama Louisiana. Before he goes to Asia, he got to go to Tarsus. And he has to reconcile some things in his past so that it doesn't contaminate his future. This is the DNA of the church. The church sends him back. And that's why some of these conversations we have on Sundays make you have to go back and like, hey, mama. Hey, hey, babe, bro. Hey, say, man. <laughs> we got to have a conversation. 
Make you sit down with your husband and your wife. Make you sit down with the people that you, that you thought you couldn't do, that you could be better without. And when all of that happened in Jerusalem, notice this, last verse, because I can hang there all day, but I can't. He says, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace. They were being built up, and they were walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Notice this, because I don't want you to miss this. Here are some of the non-negotiables if we really want to be the church God is calling us to. Heavenly vision, we have to have peace with one another. And notice this peace. This is not, oh, tranquility peace. No, no, no. This is balance. This means that, that, that our scales are bad. This means that, this means that we're, we're, we, we, we are, we're not heavy in one thing and super light in another. This means that we are balanced. This means that we, 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 we got good worship, but we also know how to give. This, this, mean, this, this means that, that, that we preach the word, but we also live the word. Come on. This means that, that we know how to take care of each one another, but we also know how to have outreach and take care of people that aren't inside of us. That means that we are a bad. He said the church got to have peace. The church has to be at peace. Do not miss this. The Bible says that the church was being built up. We were being made strong. If we're not stronger than we were last year, we should leave. We should stop coming to church and we should just go be something else. But we have to be built up. We have to walk in fear. So that means that God has to be able to challenge our lifestyles. We have to walk in fear. Here it is. And we have to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And when we have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that can shake us. Listen to me. Some of us have gone through the, the most tumultuous seasons of our life in the church. But the reason why we still here is because we have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And now watch this. As, we, as all of this is happening among us, peep this. We're multiplied automatically. It's automatic multiplication. We look at churches on social media like, man, how did they get big so quick? They just doing what the Lord told them to do. Don't hate. But notice this. This happens in all around the church. What they did was in Jerusalem. But Samaria and all of Judea were the beneficiaries of it. What would happen? In all the churches of L.A., all the churches of Jesus Christ around the world if Heavenly Vision decided to get it right. The only church that they were talking about was the church in Jerusalem. But because the church is one body, what happens here necessarily affects everywhere else. And so when we are doing what we're supposed to do in our space, we will necessarily affect for the good every other space. I'm concluding my sermon. What you do matters. What you do right here matters everywhere. What y'all do over here matters everywhere. What you do right here matters everywhere. Here is the DNA of the church. You think it's just you. 
you getting your relationship right with your wife could help more marriages. You getting your relationship right with your family member can help other people with their families. You being healed from a disease gives, gives everybody else the hope that I can be healed. My disease. This is the DNA of the church. This is why God put us on this planet. This is why God called us out from everywhere we've been to be right here. This is why all of us have come from everywhere we've come from to come into this room. And I'm believing God. I'm believing God that great things are going to come. I'm believing God, just like it says in verse 31, I'm believing God that, that we're going to have peace. I'm believing God that we're going to be built up. I'm believing God that we're going to have the fear of the Lord. I'm believing God that we are going to see the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing God that we are going to be multiplied. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.